millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 8 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. We have seen cases where young people have been groomed online, but it is rare for it to culminate in such a dreadful and violent murder. The degree of planning and manipulation by Danes is shocking, and when you consider the young ages of perpetrator and victim, it stands out as one of the most cruel, violent and unusual cases we have dealt with. Chief Crown Prosecutor Jenny Hopkins, outside Chelmsford Crown Court, January 2015. late morning of Monday, February 17, 2014, the emergency services were contacted. The caller, who lived in Greys, a town in Essex off the northern bank of the River Thames, told the operator that a friend had been trying to harm himself with a penknife and a struggle ensued. The caller claimed that he was being attacked. He had no choice but to defend himself. In the fracas, his friend had died. As they were told what had happened, 
the operator was asked not to interrupt. I have a pen knife on the side of, sorry, in my room, adjacent to my bed. I have a, a chest of drawers. After shaving the TV and stuff on there, I had a pen knife on there, folded. He picked it up, opened it, and then lost control. I slow down. Let me just let me just take those details in. Pen knife. When paramedics from the East of England Ambulance Service arrived on Rosebury Road, they were granted access to the communal entrance in the brick-built two-storey block of flats. They found a 14-year-old on the floor of the bedroom in a pool of blood. Paramedics did what they could, but the teenager's injuries were too great, and he was declared dead at the scene. It appeared that he had died from a wound to his neck. The young victim was identified as Breck Bednar, who had lived just over 30 miles away in Caterham, a town on the border of East Surrey and Greater London. Breck's parents were American, and Breck was the older brother to three younger siblings. Lauren Lefebvre and Barry Bednar had moved to England in 1997. After struggling to conceive a child naturally, Fertility treatment followed and Breck was born in 1999. His mother, who worked as both a teaching assistant and school governor, later described her life with Breck to a reporter for the Mail on Sunday. It was a joyous, very special time. I was such a proud mother, as happy as could be, and Breck was a beautiful boy and such a good baby. The couple who went on to have triplets sadly separated in 2006. However, they remained close. Barry Bednar worked as an oil trader and looked after the children every other weekend. At the time of his death, Breck was a student at St Bede's Christian Comprehensive School in Red Hill, Surrey. When he was young, he would build Lego. This passion quickly turned to computing and electronics, and Breck saved up to buy the parts he needed, choosing instead to construct his own computer, rather than purchase one he could just buy in the shops. The straight-A student was a member of the Air Cadets and especially liked playing video games, often chatting online to his friends. Some of them he had not met in person. Breck had been introduced to one such group through his friends in the church. Lauren and Barry issued a moving statement in which they spoke of their devastation and shock of losing a well-mannered, social and confident boy who was always thoughtful and patient. Headmaster Christopher Curtis said his student was a pleasure to teach, describing Breck as bright and hard-working. Although details of what exactly occurred were scant, some information was provided by Breck's cousin, who made a post on the Facebook page for the Aylesbury Grapevine shortly after the incident. The post mentioned that Breck, who had been staying with his father for half-term, 
had said that he was going to be sleeping over at a friend's home a few streets away. However, Breck travelled to Essex to meet someone that he had been chatting with over the internet. An avatar the suspect used in his correspondence appeared to be hand-covered in red and black ink. Its index and middle finger are held up in a V-shape, with the rest of the fingers clenched, similar to a peace sign. It was understood this individual had sent Breck a device through which they could secretly communicate, and paid £100 for a taxi to get him to Grays in Essex. This person claimed they had a multi-million pound computing business, and they wanted to hand over the company to Breck. In an email, they wrote, You're walking in the real world now, Breck. Time to step up and take the opportunity. Breck was even provided with a false alibi to use if he received any questions from his family. One email, which would later be published by the media, was sent in the early morning of Wednesday, February 12th, five days before Breck's death. It read in part, If your father asked you where you are going on Sunday, say you're going to meet a friend who's 14, named Edward Bly, and moved to Cairo last year with his mother when his parents split up. He was a good friend for the first part of year nine, and he's invited you over to his dad's house for the day, while he's visiting his father in England, who lives in Caterham. His father also said you might be able to stay the night depending on their plans. Also, in casual conversation, to have your father afford more support to you visiting a friend. Just say, I've spent too many half-terms and holidays indoors. I'm going to spend this one outside with friends. That should help him understand and allow you to go. It was understood both Breck and the person who took his life were members of the TeamSpeak community an audio communication program similar to Skype that allows users to speak to each other while they play computer games. Breck arrived at the flat in Greys on Sunday, February 16th. A text message was sent to Breck's father telling him that they were building a server, had ordered pizza for dinner, and he was asked if Breck could stay the night. Barry Bednar was pleased his son was visiting a friend in person rather than sitting in front of a computer screen. It could never be confirmed if the message was sent by Breck or someone else. The only other external contact made from within the flat was to order a pizza at 6.40pm before the emergency services were contacted at 11.06am the following morning. Lewis Danes wore a red prison-issued tracksuit when he was brought before Basildon Magistrates Court on Wednesday, February 19th. Danes' occupation was listed as a computer engineer. He looked far younger than his 18 years, almost as young as the 14-year-old whose life he had taken. Speaking only to confirm his name, age and address, Danes looked pale-faced, as he was charged with murder. 
He appeared at Chelmsford Crown Court a day later and was told he would be held on remand until a further hearing. His counsel made no application for bail. After the emergency services had arrived at the block of flats, neighbours watched on as they saw a young man who often kept himself to himself being led away in handcuffs. Louis Dane still had blood on his hands. The usually quiet street was a hive of activity. Several police cars and a forensic unit were photographed outside, while a police helicopter could be heard overhead. According to some residents of Rosebury Road, Danes had been living at the address on his own for the last year and a half. His accommodation and utility bills were being paid for by his grandparents. Danes' parents separated when he was younger. His mother had left Britain and moved to Egypt, with her son being placed into the care of social services. Described as socially awkward with few friends, Danes instead formed relationships online, often via gaming groups that chatted well into the early hours as they played several war games from both the Call of Duty and Battlefield franchises. His online moniker was Eagle16. While Danes wield little influence in the real world, he tried to make up for it in the virtual one, attempting to control and influence his friends online. He would stress his views on other people, demanding they agreed. A gaming group containing about eight teenagers was formed which included both Danes and Breck Bednar. The pair had begun speaking in 2013. Danes owned the server on which the group played and corresponded, so he had ultimate control of what was said and who could play. He told his online friends that he worked for the US Department of Defense and made further money through trading Bitcoin. He apparently had luxury homes in both New York and London. Danes promised the teenage boys jobs with salaries of over £100,000, so there was no need for them to do their schoolwork. He would influence, coerce and control them any way he could. Danes at first said he was from Essex living in New York, before telling the group he had moved to London. Danes slowly began to cut out members of the group who questioned his authority, blocking them from using the server and isolating Breck until only he was left. Danes told the impressionable 14-year-old that his parents hated him, so why should he need to help around the house? and Danes quickly convinced Breck that his friends hated him too. Breck's friends made attempts to warn him, but it was too late. He was under the control of Louis Danes. A member of the group would later share their thoughts on what happened. Prior to the split of the community, was Lewis's best friend. 
He was a genuinely good guy at the time, but he became a control freak, trying to turn people's opinions. We tried everything to get Breck back with us, but he had blocked all communications with us. I don't blame Breck whatsoever. It was completely Lewis's fault that he was still there. Somehow he had managed to destroy all relationships with his family, his friends, even changing Breck's beliefs. A fracture between Breck and his parents had formed shortly before he died, after he was convinced to question both his parents' authority and his belief in God. Breck's personality was shifting. He no longer helped around the house, continually arguing and refused to go to church, something he had enjoyed doing in the past. Prior to the incident, he was a devout Christian. However, Danes told Breck that he should be questioning his religious beliefs, not taking solace in them. Breck took less and less of an interest in going outside, spending more time playing and chatting online. His parents told him that he was spending too much time on his computer, but Breck said as he was doing well in school and did not drink or take drugs, why couldn't he spend more time online? Where their son was speaking with Lewis Danes, Breck's mother and father asked to meet him. Danes refused. Breck's mother eventually messaged Danes and told him to stop controlling her son. She was dismissed. At their wit's end, after speaking to other parents in Breck's gaming group, his mother and father decided to take away his computer and life seemed to return to normal. Breck travelled to Spain on an exchange trip and his parents were under the belief that their son was moving on. There was even mention of a girlfriend. However, unknown to his parents at the time, Breck had found a way to communicate with Danes after he had secretly couriered a mobile phone to Breck's home. Shortly after he returned from Spain, Breck, who was staying with his father, asked to visit a friend who lived nearby. Later that day, a text message was sent asking if Breck could stay the night. His father was unaware his son was with Louis Danes. This was the first time Breck Bednar and Louis Danes would meet face to face, and the last time Breck would be seen alive. When Breck's family received the news that he had been killed, Breck's mother was in Spain at the time. It was her birthday. During an interview published in the Daily Telegraph, Lauren Lefebvre spoke about what happened when she found out. When I heard the news, I couldn't stop screaming and my life changed forever. I damage my ears from screaming and I suffer from a post-traumatic disorder. It's really difficult to sleep at night. I wake up just wondering what happened to him and what he had to go through at the end when the penny dropped. I wonder, did he cry out, Mum, help? I would have done anything to protect him. 
an inquest into the death of Breck Bednar was provisionally opened in Chelmsford, however would later be adjourned by coroner forensics Caroline Beasley-Murray, pending the outcome of the court proceedings. An initial post-mortem carried out by pathologist Olav Bedreski, a day after Breck was found, recorded that his death was caused by an incision wound to the neck. The second post-mortem was later completed at the request of Lewis Dane's defence counsel. Although the precise details of the case still remained a mystery to the public, Surrey Police announced they would be referring the incident to the Independent Police Complaints Commission. It was recorded that a member of Breck's family had contacted the constabulary in December 2013, a few months before his death, about an incident connected to the case. It was understood that the matter related to Breck being groomed online. In an internet post after the incident, Lauren Lefebvre wrote about her son and how he was being preyed upon by a predator in a gaming forum. Lewis Danes was not mentioned by name. Breck was a clever, good and helpful boy, Lauren wrote. Like most teenagers, socialising computers and games were what he enjoyed. The problem was a predator who was trying to control his ideology about religion, government, family, education. Breck looks up to him because of his interesting manner and computer skills. Breck couldn't see the bad and when I pointed out his obvious lies, they were overlooked by Breck, his friends and unfortunately the police. Breck may have been shy when we saw cousins over three years ago. However, he is actually very calm, clever and a confident young man. Unfortunately, too confident and independent to believe my warnings. On March 17, 2014, Breck Bednar would have turned 15. Instead of a birthday celebration, his family were attending his funeral. The sound of the drums from the Air Cadet marching band echoed through the streets as a hearse followed only steps behind. Hundreds of mourners dressed in black followed the procession before the coffin was carried through the doors of St. John the Evangelist Church in Surrey. Acknowledging the sheer volume of people who had turned up looking to pay their respects, Breck's family issued a statement. The amazing number of people attending his service is a tribute to Breck's outgoing nature both at school and amongst his wider circle of friends. This turnout is no surprise to us as he has always been a sociable and good-natured child and as our eldest, at the heart of our family. As an investigation into the events unfolded over the subsequent months, from Chelmsford Crown Court during the middle of May, Lewis Danes applied for bail. Unsurprisingly, given the seriousness of the charge, the request was refused. A plea in case management hearing was scheduled, 
However, Dane's defence counsel sought that his client undergo psychiatric testing before a plea would be offered. Furthermore, results from the forensic analysis of the property that included blood and fibre evidence were still being processed, and the conclusions from a second post-mortem were yet to be revealed. Four months would pass before Lewis Danes appeared at the Old Bailey in London. He pleaded not guilty to a charge of murder. While he had been on remand... Dane's story had reportedly changed. Breck had not died during a fight between the two of them, but it was now two masked men that were responsible. A trial was scheduled to take place at Chelmsford Crown Court. A great deal of ink was expended in the pages of newspapers across the country reporting on the crime, but the true nature of how the tragic events unfolded was still only known to the officers working the case. A trial was due to begin during the final week of November 2014. A jury had been sworn in and the proceedings were expected to last several weeks. However, the trial would never go ahead. His mother described him as her amazing, clever, beautiful boy. Breck Bednar, a computer games enthusiast. He was killed at this flat in Greys in Essex. He'd not told his family he was coming here. The flat was home to Lewis Danes, a computer engineer. Today, he changed his plea in court and said he was guilty of murdering the 14-year-old schoolboy. On Tuesday, November 25th, 2014, Lewis Danes, dressed in a grey suit with a white shirt and tie, pleaded guilty to murder. A gasp was heard from the public gallery. It was clear no one expected the admission. Danes appeared unfazed as he was encircled by several security guards. Perhaps it was some small mercy as the reason behind the crime would later be described to the judge Mrs Justice Cox by the prosecutor Richard Whittam QC, who had been preparing for the trial. He said, The prosecution's case was at the time of his murder. Breck was age 14. The law makes specific provision for the murder of a child involving sexual or sadistic motivation. The prosecution have advanced the case on that basis, and anticipate doing that again on the date of sentence. Danes would be facing life, with the minimum term to be decided at the start of the new year. Detective Chief Superintendent Tracy Hawkins, who worked the investigation, explained that the full facts of the case would see the light of day when Danes was sentenced. Moreover, the Independent Police Complaints Commission had opened an investigation into the handling of the inquiry by Surrey Police. This was confirmed when Assistant Chief Constable Gavin Stevens told reporters outside the court that contact was made by a member of Breck's family in December 2013, two months before the murder, in which they had expressed concerns that Breck was being groomed. 
Both Breck's parents had been present to hear the news of the guilty plea, and outside Chelmsford Crown Court fighting back the tears, Lauren Lefebvre spoke about her son. I am heartbroken and lost without my Breck, and I will never be the same. He was murdered on my birthday this year, and so much of me died as well. My poor triplets lost not only their adored big brother, but also their mother. Breck was my amazing, clever, beautiful boy. Beautiful son who will miss forever. He had so much potential that he'll never now reach. He had so much to give to this world. That same day, The Guardian broke the news that Barry Bednar and Lauren Lefebvre were launching legal action against both the Surrey and Essex police. The civil claim related to the lack of action by the police several months before Breck's murder, along with information about Danes' past which had yet to be made public. A representative from Surrey Police acknowledged the claim, however did not provide a statement. Essex Constabulary responded. Essex Police has been notified of a civil claim against the force, and it would be inappropriate to comment further on that matter at this time. The force voluntarily referred its contact with Lewis Danes to the IPCC in February 2014, as it believed it was in the public interest to do so. The IPCC originally returned it to Essex Police for a local investigation. The force re-referred the matter on the 20th of November to the IPCC, who are currently considering it. Soon after, Breck's mother, Lauren Lefebvre, would reveal it was her who contacted the Surrey Police Force a week before Christmas 2013. An assessment should have been completed to understand the risks posed. If it could not be completed promptly, then a follow-up appointment was required with the parents. In an interview with the Mail on Sunday, Lauren Lefebvre said, No one bothered to call me back, which was unforgivable. I gave them Dane's full name, the fact he lived in Essex, but they did nothing. If they had acted on my information, I have no doubt that this would not have happened. With Lewis Dane's impending sentence due on January 12th, more details of the circumstances surrounding the crime slowly became known. As police were in the process of contacting Breck Bednar's parents shortly after the murder, a close circle of friends were already aware the crime had taken place. Lewis Dane's had photographed Breck's body and distributed three images to at least two of Breck's friends in the TeamSpeak group, where the teenagers communicated when they were playing computer games together. In correspondence sent shortly before the police were alerted, Danes claimed that Breck was depressed and suicidal. The two allegedly fought and Breck died by accident after trying to harm himself. Danes was told by a member of the group to call the emergency services. Police contacted Breck's father Barry where he worked and told him to go home immediately, although they would not say why. Barry called Breck's mother, who was in Spain at the time, on a voluntary training course teaching English. 
Lauren Lefebvre rang around the parents of Breck's friends to try and track down her son. On the other end of the line, she could hear the children mentioning something about Breck being unwell. She then learned where her son was, with Lewis Danes. At the same time back in England, as the police broke the news to Breck's father in one part of the house, crying could be heard from the other, as the discovery was made by Breck's siblings through a text message they received from a school friend. News of the crime had quickly spread over social media and reached Breck's three siblings before their parents were able to delicately break the news. More horrific details of the crime would be revealed at the sentencing hearing which took place on January 12, 2015. A month before the murder on January 21, 2014, Louis Danes purchased condoms, duct tape and a syringe from Amazon. Detectives believed he was preparing to commit the crime. Along with the wound to his throat... There was evidence the 14-year-old schoolboy had been bound at both the wrist and ankles with tape. There was also evidence that some form of sexual attack or assault had taken place, however the precise details of which have not been made public. Danes had told Breck that he wanted to hand over a business he owned worth over £100 million. Several media reports suggest that Dane said he was dying, which was the reason for handing over the business, although this would be something Danes would later deny. Despite the awful nature of the crime, there appeared to be no messages of a sexual nature between the victim and the culprit. Danes was appealing to Breck's love of computers and the possibility of a future in the technology industry. After Breck was murdered... Danes removed his blood-soaked clothes and took a shower. He then dialed 999. It was during this phone call that he suggested that he had made attempts to stop Breck taking his own life. However, Danes remarked bluntly to the operator that he had stabbed Breck somewhere near the brainstem. According to Danes, Breck had been fed up with his life and lost control. Essex Police Emergency. Hi there. Um, okay. Uh, hello. Um, I need police and a forensics team to my address, please. What do you mean? What's happened? My friend and I got into an altercation and I'm the only one who came out alive. Are you telling me you've killed somebody? Yes, I am. Right, okay. And what's actually happened? My friend came to stay the night with me yesterday, feeling very down, feeling suicidal. And I woke up this morning, he was in a mess. I tried to calm him down. I hugged him then said that I was there for him. 
he grabbed he, he shrugged me off. Officers and paramedics were dispatched to the scene, and when they arrived they found Breck on the bedroom floor of the flat. Breck's death would have been rapid, given the nature of the injuries to his neck. His clothes had been cut up and put into a black bin bag. In the sink were several pieces of computer equipment which had been submerged under water, presumably to hinder the possibility of retrieving any electronic evidence. They included computer hard drives and phones, all of which were encrypted. Frustratingly, Danes would not provide the passwords for any of his electronic equipment and offered few details as to what truly happened. Detective Inspector Anne Cameron, who worked on the case, was interviewed by a reporter for the BBC and described Lewis Dane's controlling nature and his desire to dominate the direction of the conversation. D.I. Cameron said, As part of our investigation, we went away. We searched what he was saying and compared, and clearly there were inconsistencies. But when we went back to question those inconsistencies, he exercised his right to give no comment. During mitigation, Dane's defence counsel told Judge Mrs Justice Cox that his client had deep-rooted feelings of rejection and isolation in his life, as Dane's troubled past was recounted to those present at Chelmsford Crown Court. According to his counsel, Dane's felt more at home in the game world than the real world. Simon Mayo QC told the court that as his client suffered from Asperger's syndrome, this affected Dane's ability to make sound judgments. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. In a victim personal statement from Barry Bednar, which was read to the court, Breck's father spoke of how he was now a shell of a man racked by grief, and all hope and joy had been lost. Barry Bednar wrote that his son was too young to experience the pain and fear he must have gone through. The judge, Mrs Justice Cox, told the then 19-year-old he would have to spend the next two and a half decades behind bars before he could be considered for release. Addressing Lewis Danes, the judge described the circumstances of the crime and her thoughts of the reasons why. Having lured the young victim to your flat, you murdered him. You had befriended Breck and a number of other adolescent friends through an online community. Your contact with Breck increased in a sinister way. The precise details of what happened in your flat are unclear and may never be known. I'm sure that this murder was driven by sadistic or sexual motivation. Louis Staines will be in his mid-40s before he could be considered for release. Outside Chelmsford Crown Court, Breck's mother, Lauren Lefebvre, offered a statement following Lewis Dane's sentencing. She spoke about the repercussions of the crime and the person responsible for her son's death. No amount of years behind bars will ever change the poisonous attitude and actions of a psychotic animal who can behave this way. No amount of years will bring back the lovely boy taken from us. While the details of this case are indeed deeply unsettling, when Essex Constabulary looked into Danes's background following the murder, they discovered that he had been arrested in 2011. Reporting restrictions had been put in place by Mrs Justice Cox regarding Danes' past. However, following sentencing, they were made public. When he was 15, Danes was taken into custody after being suspected of committing rape, attempted rape, and multiple counts of engaging a person in sexual activity without consent. 
The instances allegedly occurred between April and July 2011. A further allegation of possessing indecent images was said to have occurred at the end of August of that same year. Danes denied the charges and the alleged victim could not be named for legal reasons. In spite of the seriousness of the alleged crimes, Essex police released him without charge and no further action was taken until he was arrested three years later for the murder of Breg Bednar. A reporter for the Daily Mail tracked down the mother of the alleged victim. Although she did not give her name for legal reasons, she said, The police did not do a lot for me at the time when the attack was reported to them. They just kept delaying the case and turned around and said there was no evidence. As Lewis Danes had admitted to a charge of murder in relation to the death of Breck Bednar, the authorities felt there was not a realistic prospect of conviction concerning the earlier alleged crimes. This would also form part of the investigation of the IPCC, which had already provided several misconduct notices to members of telephony staff at the Surrey Police Call Centre. The call handler who spoke to Breck's mother resigned six months after the incident. A spokesperson for the Surrey Police would later clarify the circumstances surrounding the departure. Quote, The decision to resign by one of the members of staff was not connected to the investigation. She simply resigned and was not suspended either for this case or any other unrelated matter before she did so. With the details of the allegations against Lewis Dane's now public knowledge, information about the report made by Breck Bednar's mother was also revealed. The report of Lewis Dane's alleged crimes in 2011 were at first stored on the police national computer and subsequently the National Police Database, available to all constabularies and criminal justice agencies throughout the UK. When Lauren Lefebvre offered up the details at the end of 2013, concerned her son was being groomed, she also provided Dane's name, age and address. There is no evidence the police looked up Dane's details, even though they were, by all accounts, easily accessible. In an on-camera interview with the Sunday People, Breck's mother spoke about the last time she saw her son. He was going off on a Spanish exchange trip with his school. As he stood on the doorstep, I was overwhelmed by what a handsome young man he had become. His last words as he walked off down the driveway were, I love you. By the time he came home from his exchange, I was working away in Spain so I never saw him again. He had put up a photo on Facebook of himself with a girl he'd met. He was just at the start of enjoying all that life had to offer, and it was taken away. Breck was so calm and gentle. He never yelled or slammed a door. He was my best friend. Now my life has been destroyed. 
Lauren Lefebvre went on to voice her disappointment and heartbreak about the failure by the police to cross-reference Lewis Dane's details. It's unforgivable. It was there in black and white that another boy of Breck's age had accused Danes of grooming him and then sexually assaulting him. All it needed was for the police to run his name through the system and they would have noticed the pattern. But no one picked up on it and now my son is dead. I felt like dying when I found out. I still feel like dying now. It was suggested by not only Breck's mother but the British press that the events that led to Breck's death were avoidable. They wanted answers. Although he was unable to comment on the specific case due to the IPCC investigation, trying to offer an explanation for what might have been the cause, Surrey Police and Crime Commissioner Kevin Hurley told the BBC that budget cuts... Problems with retaining staff and training issues meant that he could not be sure the correct procedures were always followed. Lauren Lefebvre, who was interviewed on the BBC Radio 4 Today programme, expressed her frustrations. When I'm worried that he's a paedophile, it should click. It shouldn't just be ignored. It is not acceptable to say we don't have enough funding and training. Somebody needs to explain how this happened. I have enough information to know that people did not do their job in this case. During the last week of November 2015, 16 months after Breck Bednar's death, the Independent Police Complaints Commission inquiry was concluded and their findings were released. The report stated that the actions taken by Essex Police while investigating the allegations of rape against Lewis Danes in 2011 were correct. The IPCC found that officers actively pursued all lines of inquiry based on the information available, with the outcome of the investigation, quote, justified and proportionate. However, the IPCC identified severe failings by the Surrey Police in relation to the handling of the case of Breck Bednar when his mother contacted them in December 2013, two months before he was murdered. The call handler failed to recognise and understand the threat of both sexual grooming and potential grooming for terrorism. On the call to 101, a non-emergency number, Breck's mother mentioned that her son was being groomed almost half a dozen times. Good evening, sorry, please. How can I help? Um, yes, I have a 14-year-old son, and there's an 18-year-old unknown, well, he says he's an 18-year-old person, and I, I feel like he's being groomed. Um, he's, being, he's being turned against his family and schooling and... And it's been ongoing for a while, and I'm getting really concerned that this person isn't actually who he says he is. Okay, just one moment. Can I take your name? Um, Lauren, L-O-R-I-N. And your surname? L-A-Capital. Despite Lauren Lefebvre explaining the situation, when a supervisor reviewed the contact later in the day, it was noted in a log that there was, quote, 
Nothing to suggest this is grooming and no further action needed. No checks were done on the suspect, not least on the police national computer where it would have flagged the crimes were alleged several years earlier. Breck's mother was also not provided with any information about the specialist agencies that deal specifically with child exploitation and online protection. Child protection training had been completed by the individuals who took and reviewed the call, so they should have been aware that a further investigation was needed. The respective members of staff had since left the force, neither of whom were named publicly, so misconduct proceedings were not possible. Furthermore, in written correspondence to the National Police Chiefs Council, the IPCC recommended that all police forces in England and Wales assess how they handle child grooming cases and share best practices. The recommendations were accepted by Surrey Police, who said they had already implemented improvements at the earliest opportunity. As the IPCC's investigation had been underway, Breck's mother continued to campaign. With the details of the crime fresh in the minds of many, questions were raised about how parents could better protect their children from the dangers online, while also allowing them to be connected to the world of opportunity and learning at their fingertips. Gone are the days when a stranger with awful intentions could easily be spotted, as the myriad digital connections made every day are built on a foundation of trust that the person behind an avatar is the individual they say they are. Education is clearly needed to play a vital role in how the internet is utilised by young people and promote how it can be used positively in a safe environment. What happened next was not an example of how the internet can be used positively, but how it can be twisted to torment and abuse. Several posts were made from a Twitter account associated with Lewis Danes, which were linked to a Blogspot blog page hosted through Google. In a series of posts, the first of which were shared on November 26, 2015, only a few days after the IPCC released their findings, they described Breck's death. The author claimed that it was over in seconds after a fight ensued. Part of the post titled, Open Letter from Lewis Danes, read, It is not my intention to advocate innocence or attack anyone involved for any personal reason. I am responsible for the death of Breck, a boy of just 14, despite only being a young adult and just four months into legal adulthood myself. Nothing will change the fact that while he was with me, I had a duty of care towards him and I failed. As many of the people involved in this case will know, I initially informed mutual friends of his death. What happened was out of character for both of us. And tragically, he lost his life. In the blog, it was also alleged without any evidence that an unidentified member of Breck's family would come home, quote, in a state of intoxication and letting fly with drunken abusive behaviour at Breck, shouting and humiliating him 
often turning violent, causing Breck to withdraw further into that virtual safe haven that he found online, often shutting himself in his bedroom as a means of escape. The author claimed that they acted in self-defence and Breck lashed out because he was frustrated with how he was being treated by his family and was upset when Dane said that he had been offered a job abroad and planned to leave the country. The blog concluded, Breck, you will always be in my thoughts. I hope you are at peace. I am so sorry. Your friend, Lewis Danes. The second post was then shared on January 26, 2016, shortly before a documentary about the case was televised on BBC Three. The blog suggested the author was frustrated with the way in which the case, and more specifically their flat, was described in Murder Games, The Life and Death of Breck Bedner. The author, who many consider to be Danes, wrote, The trailer is highly dramatic as you would expect from BBC media. It tells one side of a story which in itself shows intent to create bias. In every story there are two sides people with any interest should always err on the side of facts rather than media spin and distortion. It's for this reason I posted the open letter and this post today pre-broadcast. On the subject of the property where Breck's body was found, the blog continued. The police photographs actually show a very clean, tidy, modern flat inside and outside in a very nice residential street the opposite of what they describe it as. The author also argued that they were not a, quote, sinister internet paedophile, sadistic groomer, as they had provided their real name when they were corresponding with Breck and his family knew where he lived. Finally, the person behind the posts also claimed that Breck's mother was not upset because she would go on to set up a charitable trust in her son's name raise awareness about grooming and campaign for how the internet could be used responsibly. If the author was indeed Lewis Dane seeking to discuss all sides of the case, in neither of the blog posts does he address the previous allegations of rape in 2011, nor why duct tape, condoms and destroyed electrical equipment which could have contained evidence were found at the scene. Having to defend herself, Breck's mother, Lauren Lefebvre, said that she was never drunk around her son, and the only time she raised her voice was when she argued about Lewis Danes and the control he was having over Breck. She was certain the author of the post was Lewis Danes as she recognised his writing style. On the subject of Danes, Breck's mother told a reporter for the Daily Mail, Everything that he does is with the intention of controlling and manipulating people. He is a convicted murderer who is able to use the weapon of the internet to harass my family. He is taunting me from behind bars and the system is allowing him to do it. The matter was investigated by both the Essex Police Force and the Prison Service which issued a response. 
prisoners are banned from using mobile phones and social media. If they break the rules, they will be disciplined and can have time added to their sentence. Louis Danes's cell was extensively searched. However, no electronic devices were found. Furthermore, Breck's mother made efforts to get the blog post removed. However, she was advised by the police force that there was nothing they could do. The author had used software to disguise their location. So Lauren Lefebvre contacted Google, who ultimately owned the platform where the blog posts were made. But she was bluntly told to contact the author directly to have it taken down. Following on from the legal action taken by Breck's parents, during March 2016, just over two years since Breck was murdered, the Surrey Police Force issued an unreserved apology and agreed to a substantial financial settlement for what was described as serious mistakes in the handling of the case. Surrey Police also agreed to implement a number of recommended changes to their procedures and work with both Barry Bednar and Lauren Lefebvre to enhance awareness of the dangers young people face online and to ensure appropriate training is given to staff to assist in the prevention of similar crimes against children. The blog post would not be the last time that Breck's family would hear from Lewis Danes, or so it appeared. In the first of several instances, at the start of 2019, one of Breck's siblings received a number of messages through social media platform Snapchat. In the correspondence which can be described as nothing short of horrifying, the author suggested they knew where Breck was buried. The individual also claimed they were going to smash up the tombstone and dig up Breck's body so it could be photographed. One of the messages showed a picture of a skeleton with the words R.I.P. Breck superimposed over it. Breck's family were confident that Lewis Danes was the author of the messages and a crime of malicious communications was filed with the police. Initially, Snapchat terminated the account and offered guidance on how to amend a user's privacy settings before the issue was brought to the attention of the then Prime Minister Theresa May by MP Chris Phillip. Five years ago, my constituent Barry Bednar's 14-year-old son Breck was brutally raped and murdered. The perpetrator is now serving a 25-year prison sentence. However, in recent months, the victim's family including his teenage sister, have received repeated, very distressing and disturbing communications on Snapchat, purporting to be from the perpetrator, graphically recounting the circumstances of the murder. The police have asked Snapchat to provide the data that would help them definitively identify who has been sending these messages, for example, data about the device from which the messages were sent. But Snapchat is 
uh, referring the police to a mutual legal assistance treaty with the US and the police would have to go through a one-year process to get this vital data for their investigation. Does the Prime Minister agree this is completely unacceptable? Does she join me in calling on Snapchat and other social media companies to promptly cooperate with police inquiries? During Prime Minister's questions, Theresa May said, We want social media companies to recognise the responsibilities they have and to work with law enforcement agencies. It has become increasingly difficult for UK law enforcement to access data containing threats to public safety if data is held or controlled in other countries. Plenty of MPs were up in arms about the delay in obtaining the data. However, when Snapchat director Stephen Collins addressed a parliamentary committee, it was revealed at the time that no official request had been made. Snapchat only provided legal guidance regarding US law and how the data was being stored. A request to obtain information about the account used was eventually approved by the US Department of Justice. In a second instance, this time on Instagram, a profile was set up in Breck's name with the profile reading, I'm a 14-year-old gamer that owns a 2 million Bitcoin company, although I am currently deceased. While no photos were posted, almost 60 people were following the account. Instagram were contacted by one of Breck's siblings who requested that the social media company remove the profile. However, she was told that the individual who was being impersonated would need to file the complaint. When Instagram were approached for comment by a reporter for the Telegraph newspaper, they declined to offer a response to the incident. However, Instagram did eventually remove the account. None of the evidence gathered from the social media companies could conclusively be tied to Lewis Danes. Despite numerous searches, the prison service never found any electronic equipment in his cell, so no further action could be taken. So where are we now? Following Breck Bednar's funeral, his family announced they would be setting up the Breck Foundation, a charity that campaigns for a safer internet and promotes the use of technology responsibly. The charity's slogan is Play Virtual, Live Real. Speaking to reporters about the loss of her son and her hopes for the foundation, Lauren Lefebvre said, I want Breck's tragedy to open the eyes of everyone to recognise the dangers of online predators. It is a very real danger today. We all need to look after each other. In 2018, a short film was produced by Leicester Police, 
in collaboration with the Surrey, Essex and Northamptonshire constabularies and was initially rolled out to be shown in secondary schools. Titled Breck's Last Game, featuring Breck's mother and the 999 call made by Lewis Danes, the short film was produced to raise awareness surrounding child sexual exploitation and the dangers of online grooming. It was eventually released to the wider public and would go on to receive several accolades including a prize at the Cannes Corporate Media and TV Awards. Assistant Chief Constable for Essex Police Andy Prophet spoke at the launch of the film. He described the critical issues it raises. Not all cases of grooming will result in someone being killed or sexually assaulted. Not everyone online poses a threat. But as Breck's case sadly shows, the risks are all too real. This is not an issue we can shy away from. Breck's death clearly shows us that the consequences of grooming can be absolutely horrific. If you are concerned that your child is being groomed, you can find more information from the Child Exploitation and Online Protection Centre by visiting their website, ceop.police.uk. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to our new Patreon producer, Jane Squire, and everyone who supports us on Patreon. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.